The Doctor Is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Nice to have you with me here on The Doctor Is In. You have always been a voice of reason through all of this. Appreciate your time, what you're doing for America. I give you advice. It doesn't work at all. You are definitely not inept by any means. I like to hear women say that about me. Whatever advice you're going to send my way, I am 100% taking it. I can't tell you what to do. I will not tell you what to do. Okay. Well, thanks. That wasn't the answer I wanted. Are you kidding me? Great stuff, Dr. Ray. I'm glad I called. I've scheduled my day around listening to your radio show. <laughs> you don't have to laugh so hard. Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray. Just came across a particularly helpful piece of nutritional advice. Uh, Elephants, buffalo, and cows are confirming proof that you can't lose weight by eating grass and walking around a lot. Just something to throw in the hopper. What do you think, Harold? That, that makes sense, doesn't it? Hi, good to have you with me. Dr. A. Garendi here. The program, the doctor's in. I am a graduate, top 10%, of the Catholic Media School of, like, I mean, you know, um, articulation and stuff. Good to have you with me. So, like, I mean, like, well, what happened? That used to be... Valley talk, Valley girl talk, California, like, okay, I was like, so great. And and then so like I said that, you know, you shouldn't like do that. It took over the whole country. I can't watch pundits on TV, the supposedly really, 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 really smart people. And I have fun counting how many times they say like, how many times they say I mean, how many times they say, you know, and leave out the ums and the uhs because those are all over the place. I came across a word. That describes what that is. And for the life of me, I don't remember that word. I'll try to find it. But I looked the word up and it says, using filler words. You know why that is? People don't like pauses. They don't like silence. If someone says, I believe that, and then they pause. Instead, they say, I believe that, well, um, I mean... I believe that you know that that just is so very common. I do it here. I'm trying to do it less and less, but it happens. Or one of the things people do at the end of their sentence. Okay? So I figured that uh, I think she needed she needed to hear that, okay? And uh, I was the one to tell her, okay? 877-573-7825, okay? 877 877- I mean, 57 equal, you know? That's the number to call. Get on to the program. Question about life and stuff, I mean. Question about the faith as it intersects with uh, psychology or mental health. And questions generic, things you don't understand about the world of emotions and the world of behavior, the world of psychology, the world of intellect, the world of development. I went to see two nights ago. The Sound of Freedom. Now, there are two movies. Harold, you will appreciate this. There were two movies that have moved me intensely. I don't watch many movies. That's why I stink at trivia when the category is movies. Two movies. 
movie intensely. Nefarious, which is probably, according to certain exorcists, probably the most accurate portrayal, without the sensationalism, of Possession. Tremendously well done movie. Sound of Freedom is right up there. Actually, I highly recommend that you go see it. A couple of reasons. One, it's going to hit you. Okay, you see the okay right there, right in there. Okay, it's like I'm asking you if it's all right that it hits you. It is going to hit you. You'll cry. you'll probably cry. There's no question about that. It's very intense, but it is real. It is something that captures evil beyond words. It's not sensationalized, not sensationalized evil. Probably a good movie for teenagers to see too. But it is very powerful. Jim Caviezel, uh, based upon, there's the, uh, see that, uh, uh, even I do it. Ah! Based upon the life and work of a man named Tim Ballard. He has a lay organization that for years and years and years has rescued trafficked children. The United States is the number one receiver and user of trafficked children. Oh, that's a shocker, isn't it? Where are they coming from? All over the place, mostly across the border. Interestingly enough, about 10 years ago, CBS News did a feature on Mr. Ballard. They sung his praises up one side and down the other for rescuing these poor children. Hideous, hideous, hideous. Beyond word description of what happens to them. Oh, they sung his praises. Have you seen the media's take on Sound of Freedom now? They're trashing it. It's conspiracy. Our Department of Justice has taken several things off its website regarding the fight against human trafficking. Fastest growing criminal enterprise ever human trafficking words can't describe how evil it is but i think the movie needs to be seen and here's why the more people who are aware of something like this the more pressure and pushback there will be for our leaders to make moves to squash it the fact that much of the media is saying well, uh, this is well, it's not, 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 this is this is overdone. This is just this is just a hero movie. That's all. Not even true. Of course, it's true. It's based on a true story. Why can they not say this is evil? Why can they not say this is beyond partisanship? These are children misused in every way you can imagine. The law enforcement people know it. They're all aware of it. It shows how these traffickers actually seduce these children, actually pull in vulnerable ones, sometimes blatantly kidnapping them. In other countries, other foreign countries, South American countries, Middle American countries, Mexico, poor peasant children, 
with promises or sometimes outright kidnapping. And they're used. Oh, yeah, there's a, there's a real market for it, mm-hmm. an endless market. That's got to be seen by as many people as possible. Don't be afraid of it. Many people didn't want to go to Nefarious because they said, Oh, no, no, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. It, it is something you need to know. It's like a picture of a late-term abortion where the child is mangled and chopped into pieces. People don't want to see that. I tried to show that once to a pro-life Catholic. She wouldn't look at it. No, no, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. What do you mean you don't want to see it? Don't, don't you want to see what... I'm sorry, not a pro-life Catholic. That was, that's wrong. I was wrong. A pro-abortion Catholic. I don't say pro-choice because they're not pro-choice. She wants to see it. She recoiled. Why are you doing that? Well, well, well kind of... Kind of, kind of. Don't you want to see what uh, is uh, okay, all the way up to birth, and in some places thereafter? Why, why, why would, why wouldn't you want to see it? Human beings have an unlimited capacity to justify anything. You got to take these kids, and you got to make them less than human. Then you can use them. That's what you do. That's how you attack anybody. You make the group less than human. They don't deserve protection. They don't deserve dignity. The Catholic Church is so bad, isn't it? Because it teaches constantly the dignity of every human. Yeah, what about those priests? Tell you about those priests. Yeah. Yeah, those priests went against what the Catholic Church teaches. They didn't represent what the Catholic Church teaches. For heaven's sakes, that's what made what they did so evil. Go see sound of freedom. Highly recommend it. This is Dr. Ray. Brought to you by the nonprofit Seton Home Study. Hi, everybody. Dr. Ray Garendi here. You thinking about homeschooling? Seton Homeschooling, 40 years of experience, 17,000 current students, pre-K through high school. They provide the books, the lesson plans, the counselors, the grading services, the tests, That's right, pretty much everything. My wife and I use Seton, some of our children. Tell you this, two of them got perfect ACT scores in verbal. And overall, the Seton students scored more than 100 points above average on the SAT. Over 30% higher on English and reading on the ACT. It's a rigorous program. You want to give the very best to your kids? Trust me on this one. Go with Seton. It is a beautifully rigorous academic program. Go to seatonhome.org. That is seatonhome.org. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Our generation is the first in human history to widely reject that life has any overarching purpose. Morality is considered relative, and we're even uncertain about what it means to be a man or a woman. Catholics at this time need to be awake, not woke. Sit down with Renewal Ministries' Peter Herbeck and I for an extended conversation with Noel Maring, author of Awake, Not Woke. It's available on the Renewal Ministries' YouTube page or in the slider at AveMariaRadio.net. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things you don't believe in? There are options. You can join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based health-sharing community. Plus, 
Solidarity HealthShare can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-398-9399. That's 844-398-9399. Just got a text from Mary Beth. Spell the name of the first movie I mentioned that was nefarious. Nefarious is a vocabulary word that means extremely evil. N-E-F-A-R-I-O-U-S. Nefarious. That's one worth seeing too. Angel Studios is putting out some high quality stuff for people of faith. And... It may be persuadable to those folks who don't think much about the faith at all. They live their lives. They don't deny God. They just ignore him, which is a, which is a nice way of denying him. I mean, if he has no influence in my life, then he might as well just not exist. Got an anonymous wife calling about the fragile state of her marriage some complications the last couple years. Hello, ma'am. How are you? I'm good, doctor. How are you? Okay. Now, are you still in the marriage solidly? Yeah. We, um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I totally... We will obey the sacraments of our marriage. That's never going to be, divorce is never going to be on the table. I understand now, going through the difficulties of marriage, of why people think that's the solution. But, um, do you know? No, we're, we're in it for the long haul. Well, that's wonderful because once divorce is an option, your willingness, your willingness to do what you need to do to improve yourself is a lot less because you have an out. And if it takes too much effort to change who you are as opposed to changing your spouse because you can't do that, then many people will say it's not worth it. So God bless you for taking the D word off the table. Now, got a question for you. Ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can anybody, including a spouse, make you feel any way you don't want to feel? Okay, one more time. I'm so sorry. All righty. Thought I heard a toilet flush in the background there. If you're if you're a young if you're a young mother, that's your only reprieve. Can anybody? including a spouse, parent, teenage child, make you feel any way you don't want to feel? Uh, no. Okay, I, now you hesitated. Let me interpret your hesitation. You were thinking... Well, um, okay, they might not be able to totally make you feel a certain way, but they can certainly go a long way to make you feel 
rotten or put down or sad or depressed or anxious or frustrated or resentful. They can do it. That's what you were thinking, wasn't it? Yeah, and that has been my thought. Let's assume that your husband is, let's say, 9% of the time you are around each other not pleasant to be around. That's pretty high, by the way. That's very high. The other 91% of the time, he's either, yeah, no, no intricate contact at all, or he's even actually pleasant, agreeable. Yeah. That 9%, whether it's a scolding word, whether it's a put-down, whether it's some kind of assault on your motherhood, wifehood, personhood, if you absorb it, if you say to yourself, I'm not that way, why is he doing that? I don't deserve that. I don't do that to him. Why does he have to say that stuff? We can have a good marriage, but no, he won't let it. If you do that, you're going to feel miserable. But if you say to yourself and believe it, his he's being obnoxious. <laughs> he's being unpleasant. He's He's trying to make me feel rotten. And I don't want to. He he can say what he wants. It doesn't have to affect me as much as it's been affecting me. Does that sound unrealistic to you? Um, well, if, when it gets to that point, I usually excuse myself. Because I know it's just going to blow up into this ginormous, fight or I, I'm going to say something I'm going to regret. So I usually just get in my car and just like take a drive and try to cool down or call a girlfriend, you know, and talk things through. That's it, pretty, that's it, pretty it, smart yeah. stuff. That's pretty smart stuff. And that's a good first step. Get out of the situation. Don't make it worse. Know that I'm going to say stuff that I'm going to regret because I don't want to say that kind of stuff. That's, that is a good move. The ideal move is if you kind of look at him when he's in the middle of one of these critical tirades or what, whatever it is he does. You kind of just look at him as if to say, what's your point? As if to say, are you done yet? As if to say, what's your problem? As if to say, why are you doing this? In other words, when he does these things and you defend yourself or you fight back or even get in the car and drive away, um, probably it keeps it alive. If you want to be less miserable in your marriage you got to start interpreting what he does as really, in a lot of ways, not your problem. It's his that he's that way. What's his insecurity about? Why does he have to put people down to feel good? Well, for example, yesterday or last evening, he was in such a sour mood, like such a grumpy mood. And I was like, please, can you just please communicate? What is it? Like, just talk to me. I just need you to explain to me. 
and it it blew up into this like even if I explain it to you, you're not gonna get it. You don't care. I've explained it to you before. You're never gonna get it. You never will. And it it just shut down the conversation. You know, and it's like, okay, well if if that's that's the way you feel, then there's nothing I can say or do to dispel that. That's right. Um, You're right. But the question is, how long did it bother you afterward? Oh, all night. Uh, well, see I what can I barely mean? get through my rosary. You, you see what I mean? In other words, when you said there's nothing more I can say or do, you didn't really believe that. Because what you were saying was, yeah, but you're driving me crazy. This is a this is a lesson for I got two books that might help you. Two books that might help you. One is called Simple Steps to a Stronger Marriage. And I talk about all the ways that you can do little things to improve yourself that will improve the marriage. T- tiny little things. The other book is called Thinking Like Jesus. It is a book that talks about many of the ways that we upset ourselves, that other people get to us, including spouses, and we are in an unpredictable state of unhappiness. Comes and goes, comes and goes, comes and goes, depending upon that other person's behavior. So I would recommend both those books. They're on my website, drray.com. Um, and I'm not, I'm not trying to say, okay, you're done. I'm not going to tell you anymore. No, but the books are much, 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 much more detailed than anything I could give you now. So God bless you, dear. Thank you for the call. All right. Uh, yeah, I got time. William, Atlanta, Georgia. How are you, William? Hey. How old Hello? is this? How old is your son? Oh, um, yeah. Uh, it's, it's not my son, but we're going to have more kids in the future. So if she already feels this way now, I want to try to figure out how to, uh, am I wrong about it? Or, you know, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Do you know why she thinks it's all right for boys to wear dresses and pretend to be girls? Uh, I, I, I honestly think it's the 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 woke culture kind of thing going on, because she's she's uh, okay with a lot of that stuff. Well, there's um, your answer. Despite, yeah, there's your answer. Now it's not unusual for little boys to say, "I want to wear lipstick" or "I want to wear a dress." It's not unusual. That's that's reasonably common when they're little. But most little boys become little boys. And they are comfortable with being little boys. And if, for example, a little boy says, I want to wear a dress, you can you can say, well, you're a little boy, and little boys don't wear dresses. Now, that does go completely against, right, uh, a reigning narrative in our culture, which says if your little guy wants to wear a dress, then you will be stifling his identity if you don't let him wear a dress. Well, what happens if your little boy doesn't want to brush his teeth? What happens if your little boy says, uh, gosh, I, uh, I really don't want to eat vegetables. What happens if he says, I don't want to go to school? So, you know, parents do all kinds of things to guide a kid. And if you believe as a parent, and there's research that says this, that most kids, even when they show some 
inklings of uh, gender confusion pass through it by the end of adolescence. Something like I saw 93%. So you're nervous about your wife saying, if we have a little boy, and if he says, I want to be a girl at age five, I'm going to say, good for you. Okay. Do you think she's going to do that? Uh, I mean, she would probably be supportive, honestly. Mm-hmm. Well, as a father, you can do a lot, Dad, to help him identify with you. You can do a lot to to model for him and live with him on those things that you think would support his view of himself in all likelihood, in, in huge likelihood, that he will accept his boyhood. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. Americans are curious about the religious devotion of others and are willing to discuss the topic but most say they rarely have conversations about faith with their Christian friends. A study by LifeWay Research finding Americans are widely receptive to spiritual conversations in a variety of settings. Now, perhaps more than ever, people are open to conversions about faith, yet few Christians actually, Christians, actually take the opportunity to engage in personal evangelism. The reason conversations are not happening about the Christian faith is that Christians are not bringing it up. And I think this is key. Now, this person is not saying we shouldn't be concerned about religious liberty in the sense of, yes, there is great persecution out there. But at the end of the day, it is about the fact that we're not doing enough talking about Jesus. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. What is catechesis and why do we care? The job of catechesis is to reveal all the joy as well as the demands of the way of Christ, says the Catholic Catechism. The way of Christ is summed up in the catechesis of the Beatitudes. Jesus gave us the eight Beatitudes in his Sermon on the Mount. The Catholic Catechism tells us this teaching is the only path that leads to the eternal Beatitude, happiness, for which the human heart longs. The catechesis of sin and forgiveness challenges us. Unless man acknowledges that he is a sinner, states the catechism, he cannot know the truth about himself, which is a condition for acting justly, and without the offer of forgiveness, man could not bear the truth. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Doctors in rated PG-13. Psychological grandstanding at the level of a 13-year-old. Good to have you with me. So the doctor is in. Uh, what else? Oh, uh, good Lord permitting, Marietta, Ohio, uh, this Sunday night. Boys and, girls Club, Boys and Girls Club. Can we still say that? Are we still allowed to say that? 7 o'clock. Be there. It's going to be talking for about an hour and a half, which means I don't have to squish everything up. Long about 42 minutes, I start repeating myself because I think that's pretty much everything I know, so I better start over and hope they don't catch it. I say things like, did I say that? Well, let me say it again. 
Uh, what else? Any other announcements? I'll save those till later. Um, what else we got? Maria. Just met a girl named Maria. She's calling from Ohio. She's concerned about her sister. Hi, Maria. Hello, Dr. Ray. Thanks for the call. My sister thinks that she's being attacked when she can't find her text messages because she keeps her iPhone off. Whenever we send her texts and things, and she's got a neighbor that has people coming in and out of their part of the condo constantly, and it just don't make sense to me. What is she accusing people of? Stealing her messages and things like that. How long has this been going on? Well, it started after my mother passed away in 2018. Has it it gotten worse? I applied your advice of what you gave to me before my mother passed away, where um, just telling my mom, just don't talk about our siblings with, with our sister. So I don't know if this is another way that she's wanting attention or what. Has it gotten worse? Or she's just flat out paranoid. Has it gotten worse? Oh yeah. Is she showing how old is your sister? Uh she's in her early sixties. Cause I'm in my mid I'm in my in my fifties. We are ten years apart in age. She has had no history. Of this kind of mental confusion? Uh, I I know that she's done counseling in the past many years ago, but she stopped going because of them wanting to know about her sex life. But she hasn't she hasn't she hasn't said that people are spying on her stealing her things. She hasn't said that in the past. Oh, they want to steal her, uh, steal her, steal her internet. And and this goes back how, 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 stealing her text messages. Maria, how far back does Maria, 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 oh, how far back does that go? All I know is that started back in 2018. All right. So it goes back five years. Um, You said, is she just paranoid? Well, certainly that is paranoid ideation. Obviously, you've tried to tell her, no, nobody's stealing your texts, correct? Yes, and she what? thinks they're hacking she thinks they're hacking her phone or her okay. computer and I All right. Does she think that anybody in her neighborhood is spying on her, uh is is looking into her things, is taking things from her, yes, is watching neighbor, her? Uh, one of her neighbors that lives in the same condo as her. There's something the now, and obviously a lot, a lot of visitors. Maria, I can't diagnose your sister from here. 
there is something called paranoid delusions, and it would be considered, if that's all it is, if there's no other signs of confusion, there are no other signs of hallucinations, there's no other signs of scrambled thinking, then it's, I'm going to give you a kind of a fancy psychological term for it, it's called a circumscribed paranoid delusion. In other words, it's a function of, not psychological, but neurological, something may be going wrong in your sister's brain. Now, I can't know that. I won't say that from here. However, can you get her, can you go with her to a doctor, maybe her general practitioner first, and have her talk about this with her doctor? Can you do that? No, because li- uh, she lives in Cleveland and I, do- I live in Ashtabula. It's not that far. Come on. And I'm legally blind and I don't Uh, drive. All right. Well, now that is an obstacle. Um, Is there anybody nearby her, family members, that would accompany her to a doctor? Uh, I have an aunt that is my father's twin sister, but I don't know. And I think I have some cousins. But I, I don't know. Here's what's going on. What your your sister I is. I don't know what they do. Your sister is thinking things that are not realistic. And the degree to which she's thinking them indicates how confused she is about this. This, If, if this is what it sounds like, then counseling isn't going to do much. She will need medication. So the question becomes, will she cooperate? in getting medication, and it sounds like you're saying, no, she won't. She's not going to do it. So what are you asking me? What can the rest of my siblings and I do? Get her to a doctor. You're not going to sit down and reason with her and say, what can we do when she talks this way? I mean, we've all. Don't try to to convince her her otherwise. Don't try to convince her otherwise. Nobody's nobody's stealing your texts. Oh, yes, they are. You don't know. I know. I've had nine texts, and they're all gone, and you don't know. Now, don't, that'll happen every time. If you can't get her to a doctor and she goes off on a paranoid rant, you're probably just going to have to sit there and let her burn herself out without responding because to her... If this is neurochemically based, this is very, very real. You don't know what you're talking about in her mind. So therefore, if you can get her, put it in the context of let's go get a good physical. Get some blood work done and all of that. Now, that's not going to measure the paranoia. But what you're going to do is... If somebody accompanies her to the doctor for the physical, then they can say, by the way, uh, she's had some thoughts. Uh, Sister, do you want to tell the doctor uh, what, uh, what kinds of things are happening to you? And get her to say, people are stealing my texts. The neighbor lady is spying on me. That's what you got to do. You got to bring that to the attention of someone who can most likely get her medication for this. And I'm hoping it's not an early-onset dementia. That's one of the common signs of an early-onset dementia, but I can't know that. 
Living the Beatitudes with Father Bjorn. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. St. Jose Maria Escriva says that we are called to light up the pathways of this earth by being sowers of peace and joy. This comes from being aware that we are sons and daughters of God. On the road of life, though, we find dangers, but God walks with us every step of our life, pouring out the gifts of His Holy Spirit upon us. Our Lady is our companion, like GPS in our car, connected to the cloud and bringing the latest updates to help us navigate our journey and get out of traffic on the way to the eternal kingdom. We don't want to get into family fights on our way to God's vacation destination, but we should be these sowers of peace and joy. We shouldn't accept substitutes, accept only the authentic identity of being His children, His sons and daughters. Let's grow in happiness and bring peace to those around us. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. For more about the Beatitudes, visit EWTNRC.com. Are you into setting goals for yourself? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. Setting realistic goals is a practice we can all utilize. SMART, S-M-A-R-T, is an acronym that can help us keep our goals real. S is for specific. Narrow down your goals and make a deadline. M is for measurable. We live in a world that tracks numbers and data. Concrete numbers can help us track progress. A is for attainable. Sometimes we think too big or bite off more than we can chew. Be patient, Scripture tells us. Rome wasn't built in a day. The R is for relevant. Relevant goals can be determined through our own values. Stay dedicated to how God wired you and what you stand for. Finally, T. This is time-bound. Write down your timelines and deadlines to keep you on track and honest. Without these, it's hard to maintain success. Check out the Journey Strong tab for more at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. Some of the talents of the Saints were they could buy locate. I can't do that. But I can buy locute. Talk to two cities at the same time. Actually, it would be more accurate to say omni-locute. Thank you for joining me. The Dr. Ray Grandy program here. The Doctor is in. By the way, I will, I've will. i just got word that one of the programs when we are going down to the Columbus area, Dominican University, at uh, St. Gabriel Radio, heading down there to tape four uh, TV shows, one of them is almost filled up which is impressive. I, I was really feeling kind of fluffed up about myself until I found out that our guest for that particular show is a wonderful guest. She has a quite a following, and a, a massive following, and um, she's got all of them coming. So it actually, um, well, actually wasn't a reflection of me, but I'm going to take credit for it. So August 9th and 10th, if you go to the St. Gabriel Radio website, they're doing a heck of a job getting us an audience for those four shows in the evenings. Um, sign up. We'd love to have you. And we, we guarantee you, you'll have a good time. You'll have a lot of fun. I've already got uh, some audience bits prepared. Consider that the invite. Anonymous mail from, uh, looks like, Louisiana. Been divorced three years. Hello, dear sir. Thank you for the call. Hey, Dr. Ray. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, sure. Yeah, it's been three years. Um, the ex-wife, there's no contact um, the other than uh, a text. Um, 
I, I, I get FaceTime with my son uh, three times a week. And every other weekend, I see him for like four hours on Saturday and Sunday. That's all you were awarded? But, <laughs> yeah. And Now, wait a minute. Let me interrupt was, you. Let me interrupt you. Sure. For you to have visitation that limited why while we were married uh, about the seventh month i started uh basically uh self-abuse um my porn addiction just came back with a vengeance and i destroyed the marriage um, she moved out. We, she, but but typically, wait a minute. We, typically, we, the courts wouldn't use that to say you only get FaceTime in four hours every other weekend. They wouldn't do that. I didn't go to the courts because I was scared of the courts for for okay. fatherly reasons. So that's what that's what shame. your that's son's mother. Shame. That's what your son's mother gave you. Correct. All right. Where are you now? Uh, Louisiana still working um but i just uh you know there's a lot of time i do get his photos on a photo album so there's a lot of time to reflect so are, are you saying the question here is you'd like to have more contact with your son yeah i'd like i mean i would love to be able to heal some of the relationship, but there's no contact. I'm absolutely, uh, you know, exiled. But yeah, I would like more time with my son, but I, the courts are against me, and I would have to go to court. Well, wait, wait, hold on a second. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You said the courts are against you, but you didn't go to court the first time. Well, I got a judgment signed by a judge. She came up with the terms. I agreed to it. She was filing for sole custody, and I was trying to get my foot in the door. So I agreed to everything she demanded just to get my foot in the door, and a judge signed it. Okay, so this, this was not the judge's ruling. This was the judge confirming what you two had agreed upon. Correct. Well, the only way, unless she is willing to say... I can give you more contact with our son. The only other way is to go back to court and say there's there's no reason why I'm cleaning myself up. There's no reason why I have to be so limited in contact with my son. This was what was agreed upon at the time of the marriage because there was a lot of hostility. But uh, I can prove to you, Judge, things are changing. Now you say, well, I don't have the money for a lawyer. Borrow it. It's your kid. I, 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 something in my heart says, you know, I married this woman. Something says she should, she should change her mind. Actually, something in your heart says you are committed. She's not. So for you to say, you married in a Catholic church? I did. Okay, so for you to say she needs to understand the validity of our marriage, sacramental marriage in a I, church, that's big. But she doesn't. She doesn't care, right? Yes. 
All right. So you got to stop driving yourself crazy over the fact that she needs to look at it that way. It'd be nice if she did. It'd be wonderful if she did. But at the at the moment, she's not. Now, that doesn't mean that two years from now she might be softer. I don't know. You know how events change. It's been three. Okay, but it's been three. Is she with somebody else? No. Okay. Do no, you have I, Do you have any contact that you're allowed with her at all? Whenever I ask her a question or to elucidate, she says, uh, only text or email. Even things we agreed to, like I would be involved in decisions about school, she's ignoring me. And she said, I'll, I'll, any text I'll send directly to my dad, otherwise email. It's for my lawyer, so it's, it's cold. Well, my friend, two things. One, you're going to have to accept the reality. And at least at this moment, in the church's eyes and in your conscience, you're still married. That's the reality. Two, if you can send a text that says, I would like to show you I'm a different person, how would I do that? How, how can I show you that I'm pulling my life together, I've, I've gotten over my addiction, here's what I'm doing, and if you're at all, even 2% interested, how can I show you, how can I recourt you to say that maybe we could look at the future. That that's what I would suggest. You gotta 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 get her to perhaps agree to a sliver of contact initially. God bless you, my friend. This is Dr. Ray. Underwritten in part by this not for profit. Are you looking for peace? Longing for joy? Want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into the suffering world. Work for the new evangelization. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. And click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB. As a Catholic mom, I know that parenting can be hard, frustrating, and lonely. But it doesn't have to be that way anymore. I'm Lisa Popcheck from More to Life, inviting you to become a premium member of Catholic Home. That's CatholicHOM.com. It's an online community dedicated to supporting Catholic parents like you. At Catholic Home, you can chat with our team of family life coaches every day, get expert help with discipline issues, self-care, creating a stronger marriage, living your faith at home, or just coping with the stress of being a Catholic parent in today's world. In addition to personalized expert support, you'll get access to tons of creative resources, entertaining videos that teach your kids how to get along and love the Lord downloadable activities, monthly live parenting Q&As, and a supportive community and tons of other benefits, like my Momfidence podcast. Go to CatholicHOM.com today and become a premium member of the Catholic Home community. Again, that's CatholicHOM.com. I can't wait to see you there. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual fund. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. 
My world is one filled with problems. Wherever I go, whether it's therapy, whether it's radio, whether it's family, whether it's friends, wherever I go, it is folks who are struggling with different issues or unhappy or depressed. That's my world. And I make a conscious choice to be to be happy. I want to be happy. I want to enjoy life. I want to look at the clouds and go, man, those are pretty clouds. I want to do that. It's a decision. There'd be no there'd be no way I would have stayed in psychology. I would have been gone years ago if I couldn't have done that. And why am I saying this? I don't know. It just hit me. It just uh, just hit me as uh, I get hundreds of emails per month uh, with folks either watching the TV show or listening to the radio show, and they describe some. Some pretty sad situations. They're really sad situations, and there, there's not a m- much I can do about it. Uh, I can give them some referrals, or maybe give them a, a couple sentence answers, or book referral, or something. But, but it is, it's just everywhere, and I do not want to be brought down. I, I want to laugh and joke and have fun and carry on and. Look at life as a as a beautiful good. Tim, North Dakota. How are you there, sir? Good afternoon. Oh, I'm hanging in there. Well, that's good. Let you're hanging. Both hands, I hope. <laughs> yeah. So my question is, with a chemical or a hereditary depression, why does it respond so to outside stimuli? And... You know, you talk about deciding to be happy. And most of the time, I do really good. I mean, I've been on antidepressants for a long time, and they really help. But every once in a while, something comes along, and it just becomes much more of a struggle. Um, Went through something a year ago, and it just, the the smallest things seem to just kind of, I don't know, piggyback on that. So how, my question is, how does, uh, how, how does the, the chemical depression, the stuff that you can treat with drugs, how does that, why does that respond so, or how does that relate to the things that, you know, just generically make people unhappy that they can decide to ignore? Tim, there has been a movement afoot, perhaps a feat, that depression is an illness. That's the medical model. It's an illness. In fact, only a small percentage of depressions are biochemical. If you've seen a biochemical depression, man, you recognize it. The majority of depressions are what you would call life depressions, reactive depressions, thinking depressions. They used to have an old differentiation endogenous, which is what you're referring to, or exogenous, okay, or reactive. So begin with that if a depression has a chemical base, and then we're not, we're not anywhere near far enough in our chemical abilities to assess these things 
then we can say, oh yeah, yeah, Tim's got a Tim's got a chemical depression. Here's over here, right over there, and those those chemicals and that that whole intricate part of the brain right there. Not unless there's something seriously wrong, but much of the time it's too subtle. So, given that, when you say, well, why is it that it seems to be affected so much by events? That's because two things. One, even if you are chemically depressed, you still have to live life and interpret events. So whatever happens to you can make worse or make better your mood. That, that's common. There is a... I, I remember reading a meta-analysis. You know what a meta-analysis is, Tim? Um, no, but I would guess that it refers to an over, overview. Yes, very good. They, they took a look at just a boatload of studies regarding medication for depression. They came to this conclusion. This is a little bit scary, but I think it reflects the fact that much that is called chemical is not chemical. It is life-based. And you kind of alluded to that. You said, you know, certain things can bring me down. All right. It isn't the things that bring you down, Tim. It's the way you look at those things that are bringing you down. So given that, they analyzed these studies. They concluded this. For every 10 people over and above placebo, how well does medication work for depression? Out of 10, how many? Oh, based on my experience, I would say probably about a half. One. I was headed the right direction. (laughs) Well, the placebo effect, which means I expect to get better because I'm being treated, or I expect to get better because I I feel differently on this medication, therefore it must be working, is anywhere between 40 and 50% in medication for depression. So, in fact, people do get better, but it may not be because of their medication. But there is a, a very small percentage of people who, who really respond well to the medication. And of those people, it's more than likely there's something chemically a little out of whack up there. And it's so intricate that we can't really figure it out. I remember there's a lot of simple theories on neurochemically. You know, the dopamine hypothesis. You don't have enough dopamine at the various dendrite and axon sites. So, therefore, but all, all of that to be said. I just said that to sound smart, by the way. All of that means this. You are right. Even when you're on your meds, when things happen to you, you have to interpret them. You've got to think about them in some way or another. And when you do that, if you think about them in a way that makes you more depressed, you're going to get more depressed. If you think about them in a way that helps you look at them reasonably, logically, rationally, you could, you could neutralize their effect. Call back, Tim. That's a, that's a great question, and I got to ramble on it. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Andrew Kujic. Thanks, Eric Dumont. Thanks, EWTN. Thanks, Javier Maria Radio. Thank all of you. Walk with God forever. For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRA.com and follow him on Facebook. The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.